Well, in our gospel reading this morning, Jesus sends out his disciples to take the good news of the kingdom of God to the people in the towns and villages. His mission strategy, which is, of course, God's mission strategy, was to get the good news of Jesus Christ to as many people as possible in order that they be saved from their sins and come to know God's love in their lives. In his final instructions to his disciples in Matthew's Gospel, he says, Go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. That's pretty clear, isn't it? In the last chapter of the Gospel of Mark, Jesus says, Go into all the world and preach the good news to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. That's pretty clear too, isn't it? In the first chapter of the book of Acts, written by Luke, he records Jesus saying, You will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the very ends of the earth. So that's also pretty clear, isn't it? The one thing that Jesus emphasized more than anything else to his followers at the end of his life on earth was to take the good news of the gospel to as many people as possible in every geographical location on earth, including, although he didn't mention it, the parish of St. Matthew's. First, he sent out the 12. After that, he sent out the 72 which is recorded in Luke. And then in the book of Acts, we see second and third generation followers of Jesus Christ taking the good news of Jesus Christ out to the world. And in fact, Jesus clearly makes that the number one priority of the church. So not to do so would even to be disobedient to our Lord Jesus. The only question is how we go about doing it not whether we should or not. In the Gospel passage, Jesus gives his followers some instructions. Take nothing for the journey except a staff, no bread, no bag, no money in your belts. Um, only to, don't take two tunics. Um, if you enter a house, or stay there till you leave. Shake the dust off your feet if they don't listen to you. And I want to draw three things out of this passage which will put this into a more current-day perspective hopefully. Firstly, Jesus used ordinary, not particularly well-educated people to spread the good news of the gospel. We know that his disciples included several fishermen, some tax collectors and others from a wide variety of backgrounds. He didn't recruit trained evangelists. He asked ordinary people to go out and invite others to consider the claims of the gospel. And that is very good news for us as we take our part in sharing his mission. He used ordinary people. Secondly, he considered the task urgent. His instructions about travelling light indicated that they weren't to make lengthy preparations for the task ahead, but to get on with it, with what they had, and to trust God for their needs. It really is easy to think of so many reasons why we're not quite ready to be sharers of the gospel. 
But Jesus says, go ahead, just as you are, travel light. God will do the rest. Thirdly, Jesus gave them power. Power from God. In order to preach, to drive out demons, and to heal the sick. In other words, to those who obeyed him in taking the good news of Jesus out to the world, he equipped them with the power of the Holy Spirit so that the words of good news were accompanied by signs of good news. So let's just think about what that means in our own context. How are we to share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, in our parish? Well, in the area of children, we're already up and running. Through the wonderful work of Lynn and Chris and the Kids Church team, we are engaging the rising generation of this area, particularly in the primary school children age, with the good news of the gospel. And through that work, we're also building relationships with some of their families, which is wonderful, and we love to get to know um, families of, of the Kids Church children. Also, in a number of different ways, through social events like the coffee shop lunch stop, um, one-off events like the proms evening that's coming up in September, um, and summer barbecues that we have, and um, also opportunities around baptism services, we're coming into contact with adults in our parish. And while we hope and pray that God's light shines through us to those visitors who, who who we get to come into contact with, Jesus didn't just eat meals with people, although he did that quite a lot. He also told them about the kingdom of God. There's two parts to sharing the gospel, building relationships, getting to know people, and then telling them about the kingdom of God. And that's why we need a channel through which adults, who we do get to know, can be invited to explore the Christian message. And the way we plan to do that is, as I've mentioned before, through running the Alpha course, which we plan to run in the autumn. And then probably quite likely on an ongoing basis into the future. A couple of words about the Alpha course. It was born, if you like, in the Church of England, in a church called Holy Trinity in the West End of London. It started out as an internal um, discipleship course for those relatively new to the faith. But it's proved to be so wonderfully effective at engaging today's culture with the Christian message that today something between five and seven thousand churches all over the UK run the course regularly. And they find it to be a significant factor in helping their churches to thrive and grow. And I think close to 20 million people have done the course worldwide, something like that. And it seems that God has given the church, if you like, the Alpha Course, as a wonderful tool which makes sharing the gospel both easy and fun. It means, for a start, that the gospel can be shared by ordinary people because you don't have to be an evangelist. All you need to be able to do is invite someone to a tasty meal and a fun, interesting evening. The course itself and God's Holy Spirit do the rest. So whether we are fishermen or tax collectors or whether we do something else, we can all introduce others to Jesus through the Alpha Course. And by the way, um, 
Alpha lasts for 10 weeks, but we never invite people to a 10-week course. Um, we only ever invite them to come along, try the first evening, and if they like it, come back again for the second week. So it's not a big ask. We're not demanding a, a great um, commitment up front. It makes it much easier to make the invitation and for people to receive the invitation. But Alpha also addresses the urgency, if you like, of the need to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. We don't have to invent something new. We don't have to spend years training um, and come up with something else. It's there. It's well proven. It's versatile. It can be customized to different contexts. We can get up and running with it straight away. Personally, I've been involved in almost 20 courses. I've run Alpha in my home, in the church, in a restaurant, at Reading Football Club, in an office block in the town centre, and in Reading Prison. It's something that can work almost anywhere. And that's because it's not human effort that makes the difference. Although it is hard work running the course, but it's God's spirit that seems to work through the course and through the prayers of the church to draw people to him. And that's the third point. We saw in our reading that Jesus gave his disciples power to demonstrate that the kingdom was truly arriving. And the experience of not just myself, but of thousands of other people who have done the course and run the course, is that God's Spirit works powerfully through it. And here are a couple of examples, if you like, um, from my own sort of recollections. Um, my wife, Kirsty began to run the Alpha course um, in Reading Prison, along with some of the chaplaincy team there, a number of years ago. One of the guests... Um, was a, a, a young man, if you can call a prisoner a guest, but one of the, one of the guests there was a young man who was on remand for murder. He was a very angry, unpredictable young man. He was on the course and I was invited on one of the evenings to come and speak on the Holy Spirit. And at the end of the evening, we prayed um, with the lads for them to be filled with God's Spirit. The following week, this young man was itching to tell us something and it turned out that he had started to pray particularly for one of the other inmates in the prison who was having a hard time and it became apparent that while this young man was praying for the other inmate the one he'd been praying for had had an extraordinary experience in which he felt Jesus come into his cell and impart an incredible peace to him. He had no idea that he was being prayed for until he mentioned the experience the following morning. And it totally changed that young man who was on remand for murder. And let me tell you, they both came very regularly to chapel after that. The second and perhaps more common story, if you like, um, is a young man called Phil. I always remember him because he, it was about the second or third um, Alpha course that I was running. He, and he came on a motorbike and he always had his leather jackets and his helmet and his gloves and all that kind of thing. But he was a bit disillusioned by the time he got to about the sixth week of the course. And we were on what's called the Alpha Day Away, which happens about halfway through the course. And he said he wasn't really getting it, um, but he accepted an offer of prayer. And I didn't really know him. He wasn't in my particular group, but I stood next to him, just rested a hand on his shoulder, prayed for him, for the Holy Spirit to fill him. And we stood in silence for a moment or two, and I asked him how he felt. And he said, nah, I didn't really feel anything. And Um, didn't really know what he was doing there and and he left um, and looking quite despondent and I felt quite sad because I was absolutely sure we weren't going to see him again that he wasn't going to come back 
to the course. Next week, he turned up grinning from ear to ear because during the week, he was suddenly filled with an incredibly intense joy that had stayed with him all week. And he, would, and he was absolutely sure that God had come into his life. And, and I know Phil went on to become a regular member of the church. Um, he got married and moved away, but I've bumped into him a couple of times since. And he's a lovely young man, full of faith in Jesus Christ. So God's Spirit works powerfully through the course. Now, is Alpha a panacea for every church and every person? No, it's not. Nicky Gumbel, who developed the course and heads up the Alpha course at Holy Trinity, where he's the vicar, says somewhat ironically that Alpha is one of the most disappointing things he's ever done. What does he mean by that? Well, it's because whenever you run a course, some people will refuse your invitation, and others will come for the first night, and then you won't see them again, and others will last half the course, and then they'll disappear. And that's incredibly disappointing. If you've invited them, if you've been praying for them, that's, that can be incredibly disappointing. In the gospel passage, Jesus tells his disciples to expect rejection, doesn't he? And if they don't listen, shake the dust off your feet. In other words, he says, don't let it get to you. Carry on regardless. But Nicky Gumbel also says that Alpha is the most, and I agree with him, is the most exciting thing that he's ever done because we see God's Holy Spirit at work in the lives of the people who come on the course as he draws them into a relationship with him. And we know for absolute certain that it's nothing that we have done ourselves. In fact, even as a seasoned Christian, doing the course is one of the most faith-building experiences that you can have. And it would be my desire, I would love it, if everybody here at St. Matthew's who has not done the course before, came on the course and perhaps invited a friend to join them as well. And those of us who have done it, well, we can run around and, and serve you and look after you and bring you the meals and, um, and, uh, and, and run the course for you. But we would love to do that. I believe that the Alpha course is going to help us along the road to being that thriving, growing church at the heart of the parish sharing the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, and serving the community. And not just this year, but hopefully for many years to come. There's one last thing I'd like, I'd like to ask you to do, that when you took your service sheet this morning, hopefully one of these might have, well, I hope it didn't fall out and you lost it, but it might have fallen out in your lap. It's a little, I've called it a prayer card. And what I'd ask you to do would be to take this card home with you and prayerfully consider who of your family, friends, colleagues, maybe the local shopkeeper, whoever it might be, who you might, come September when we start the course, you might offer them an invitation to come and join you on the Alpha course. And, and, that, and this, you can write their names down. You may just have one or you might have more. Write their names down and as a reminder to be praying for them between now and September when the course starts. So let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your love and for the good news of Jesus Christ. We thank you for the Alpha Course and the wonderful tool that you seem to have given us to help people discover what it means to know you and know your love in their lives. 
And so we just pray that you would lay on our hearts those who we might, come September, offer an invitation to come on the course and hear the good news of your Son, Jesus. Amen.